Well, it's great to have you in church this morning with us. And uh, our prayer, my prayer is, Desiree's prayer is that you encounter Jesus. You encounter the living God. You encounter the one that brings hope. The one that creates us righteous in his eyes. His eyes. And I pray this morning that that, uh, that the love of a father would rest on, in your heart. Now, I don't know about you, but everyone has a father. Just letting you know that, just in case you were unsure. Someone has uh, helped make you. Uh, and, and, but then whether they've earned the title of father or dad is a different issue. But uh, I pray this morning you would know the love of the Father in heaven. You would know the grace and the kindness of the Father in heaven who would do whatever it takes to, to get you, to have you, to hold you, to encourage you. And uh, I love the story in Luke chapter 15 of the prodigal son. My favorite part of that story is not how the, the son messed up and did, it, got, did whatever he wanted to do, but my favorite part is that every day the father looked towards the goalpost, looked towards the, the letterbox as such to see if his son would return. You know that Jesus is the, is the same. The Father in heaven is the same. He was, he's always willing and waiting with his arms open. As the Bible says, as we draw near to him, he'll draw near to us. And, uh, and so I pray this morning that there's, a, there's something in their heart that wants to draw near to Jesus, that wants to draw near to the Father in heaven and know that the power of God is living and breathing inside of you. Amen. Greater is he that is in me that is, that is, that is in you also, that is that, that he that is in the world. The Spirit of God that's in you is greater than the Spirit that's in the world is basically what that's saying. I pray this morning there'd be something that you'd know about a father. I, I, I've got this little clip. I haven't got it here, but I've got it on my phone. And, and uh, one of my sons was in a cross-country race. And uh, I, he, I think he was around, must have been five because he was at school, five or six and uh, he was in this, I think it was a triathlon or some, some one of those events. And uh, it was coming around to the last, uh, in, on, on the paddock, in the last bend, and he was running down, and, and he was coming second. And I was there, I was like, come on! Go, Jake, go, Jake, go, Jake, go, 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 go! One of those fathers on the sideline. <laughs> and he came first. <laughs> uh, do you know that God wants you to come first? He, he's championing everything that you do. And uh, I want you to know that you're first in His thoughts this morning. You're first on His agenda this morning because God's God. He's amazing. And you can be first and so can the person next to you. And, uh, and it's not just about participating. When it comes to God, it's about knowing His love. It's not about knowing His grace for you over your life. Amen. All right, we're going to continue this morning. We're in a, we're in Serve September. We've finally got here. It's September, and if you're in an e group, you should be uh, underway with your plans to serve in an area of the community. And I've heard some great stories, or not stories, but some great initiatives about that, and we're excited about that. But also in September, we want you to serve in the life of the church. Maybe you want to be on the production team, or kids, or any areas, hospitality team, uh, and we've given you opportunity to do that. All you need to do is fill out the little serve card, hand it back to the people at the resource area and someone will get in touch with you and so thank you for everyone that's doing that uh, but there's always more room and so we welcome you to be involved in it 
Um, but uh, uh, we're talking about the whole serve thing. Uh, some of us like to serve. Some of us don't like to serve. Some of us serve out of one reason or another. Some of us serve or don't serve because of one reason or another. And uh, this morning, we know I want to just share again uh, what, what we started off in the series was in Ephesians chapter 5. five. It was, imitate God, therefore, in everything that you do. You are His dear children. Live a life filled with the, with the love, following the example of Christ. Everything that we do in life, we need to imitate Jesus and we need to have the same attitude it says in Philippians chapter 2 it says you must have the same attitude that Christ had though he was God he did not think of equality uh, with God as something to cling to instead he gave up his divine privileges Jesus came to seek and to save the lost he came to not to be served but he came to serve and so you know, one of the greatest privileges I have uh, as, a, as a man is actually to be a father. One of the greatest privileges is to be a father because I get to come and serve my family. I get to come and love my family. God has biblically put a responsibility on me as the father, as a man of the household, to come and serve my family. And I'm going to have to get, like, stand before God and say, hey, this is how I loved, and this is how I served my family. And, re- and remember all those times where I come crawling and crying to you, Jesus, how do I do this? It's the privilege to do it, amen? Come on, guys, it's a privilege. We're going to get it wrong all the time. We're going to stuff up. We're even going to probably blow our lid. But when we come back to Jesus and we say, Lord, help us, show us how to do this. Because He's the one that's showing me how to be a father. And so let's have the same attitude as Christ. Last week we shared about two people, how they served uh, Jesus, and one Judas served Jesus, Joseph, uh, sorry, Joshua served Moses, and how one ended up leading on, uh, Joshua led on from Moses, the people of Israel, into the promised land. But Judas, one of the twelve, one of the gang, hanging out with Jesus, something got into his heart. And derailed the call of God that was on his life. And we learned that it was about offense. And offense gets into our heart. And when suddenly we go from serving uh, something and letting the serpent get into us. And we let the devil get into us and we get an offense. And so we run away and we get all bitter and twisted. I pray that last week people really gave over any offense to Jesus, because He's the one that will bring righteousness into your heart. Cool? Awesome. This week, um, I've got some scriptures, and I'm just going to get into it, and you'll get the theme in a moment as we go through it, but I want you to grab your Bibles and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9, and it says this, After all, who is Apollos? Who is Paul? Who are only God's servants, though him you believed the good news? Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. I planted the seed in your hearts, and Apollos watered it. But it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's, Im- what's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose 
and both will be rewarded for their own hard work. For we are both God's workers, and you are God's field, and you are God's building. Interesting piece of scripture. There's a couple of people talking in there, but I like the fact that it really starts off with who is. It's like, who is Apollos? Who is Paul? Who, who are these people? I don't know. One day when, when you know, the book of Acts continues to get ridden along, because we're outworking the book of Acts now, maybe we'll write, look back and we're like, oh, who is Will? Or who is Pete? Or who's Roy? Or uh, who is Jono, or who is Desiree, or, or who is Sophie, or who is Kate, or who is, who is? Getting the point this morning, who is all these people? And, 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 and we often, we just, we, we as Kiwis, we're like, oh, who is, or who cares? We have that mindset, we're like, oh, yeah, easy come, easy go, it'll be all right. Oh, that, that'll be, oh, no one's going to miss me at Man Up. Yeah, I'm going to miss you. I'm going to miss you at Man Up. I want all the men to man up. Why? Because we have a responsibility to the church. Oh, who is this person? Who is like? No, it says there what's important is that these people, one of them planted, one of them watered. It's not about what their job is, but they turned up and they did what God was called them to do. See, we live through, we go through life and we're like, oh, it doesn't matter. No one's going to miss me. It's not going to matter. Yeah, it, miss, it matters. What happens if someone doesn't plant? What happens if someone doesn't water? And, and, and what, what happens is God doesn't move. That's crazy right there. To, this, to understand the fact that if I don't outwork the call of God on my life, I'm missing a piece of the puzzle. I, I'm missing, you know, we had all the Lego up here before. We missed the instructions. Who would have liked the instructions? All the, all the dads would have loved the instructions. Yes, you would have. Amen. Just, just sharing that out there, right there. But it, it's, what is important is that someone is planting and someone is watering. What is important is that God makes the seed grow. Wherever you're serving, whatever you're doing, in your workplace, it's important. You're, work, you're planting. You're watering. You're doing something. And then, hey, oh, hey, by the way, we've got a woman's event coming up. It's going to be awesome. Someone's just, I should have had a hose in here. It would have been great. I did it in youth once, but hey, got the fire hose out. Everyone was a bit quiet. Beware, we've got one in here too. No. Come uh, on, it's important that you're, you're part of the watering or you're part of the planting, and, and we get the privilege of using our lives and God moves and God grows that person. You know, I'm glad that someone watered me. I'm glad that someone planted seed into my spirit. And I'm so glad that God grew and God is still, still growing. But the problem is, is sometimes things are missing because we're like, oh, who is or who cares? Excuse me. I was, you know not being rude or disrespectful, but you, you watch some of the Paralympics and swimmers and all that, and they're there, and, you know, 
they, they sit down and they, some of them might have lost a leg or for one reason or another, and they have this prosthetic limb. And, and you know, I wonder if they would miss it. They did their swim, got out. Oh, where's my, where's my leg? Now, let me bring a little bit of context to that. 1 Corinthians 12, 12, it says the human body has many parts, but the, but the many parts make up one body. So it, is with, so it is with the body of Christ. Now, just like you're like, of course, that person who has one leg or they've got a prosthetic limb, and of course they're going to miss it. Don't be stupid, Pastor. What do you think? They're just going to hop back to wherever they came from. No, they rely on that part of the body, even if it was an extra part. They, they need that part that was there. Now, when it comes to the church, guess what? There's so many churches hopping around. There's some churches crawling around. Why? Because people are refusing to water. People are refusing to plant. You're being missed. Oh, who is? Who cares? No, we care. God cares. He's got a call on your life. The watering needs to be done. The planting needs to be done. But we come up with all sorts of reasons. Oh, who? Who is? Who cares? Who am I? I'm no one special. And this morning I'm coming against that attitude right now. I'm coming against that. No one's going to miss me. Yes, we're going to miss you. God's going to miss you even more. Because God's got a call on your life. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 21 says this. Whoever pursues righteousness and unfailing love will find life, righteousness, and honor. What does that mean? Basically, let's ask the question, what's your purpose? What are you after in life? Have you got a goal? Nikki Gumbel from Holy Trinity Brompton says this. The key thing is not your job or career. It's the goal you pursue. The key thing is not your goal, sorry, not your job or career. It's the goal you pursue. What are you pursuing in life right now when it comes to your life or when it comes to the kingdom as well? Is your life part of the kingdom of God? Are you giving it to Jesus? Now I want to read a scripture out of uh, just the, my, one of my favorite characters in the Bible, and he's been talked about a lot recently. But that's okay. Grab your Bibles and turn to Exodus chapter 4. And we're talking about our friend Moses. And Moses is a great man of God. But let's read. But Moses Moses protested again. What if they won't believe me or listen to me? What if they say... The Lord never appeared to you. Then the Lord asked him, what is, your, what is in your hand? A shepherd's staff, Moses replied. Throw it down on the ground, the Lord told him. So Moses threw down the staff and it turned into a snake. Moses jumped back. Then the Lord told him, reach out and grab its tail. So Moses reached out and grabbed its tail and it turned back into a shepherd's staff in his hand. Perform this sign, the Lord told him. Then they will believe that the Lord, the God of their ancestors, the God of of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, really has appeared to you. I want to talk about, if you don't know the story of Moses, Moses was a 
you know, we would have heard about him where he was um, wrapped up in a, in a papyrus basket and tar and put into the Nile because of what was going on at that day and then given back to his mum to look after. But then he became a prince of Egypt, of Pharaoh and all that. And then, then God uh, has this encounter with him at the burning bush. Most people have heard about the burning bush. And so there's Moses here. He's had this encounter with God. And he has a, has a conversation face to face. And the encounter with God is amazing. Dude, who's glad they've had an encounter with Jesus? And you might not have seen a burning bush, but something has happened in your heart. So there's been an encounter with Jesus in your life. If you've never had an encounter with Jesus, by the end of this service, I'd love to pray a prayer with you that, that leads you to your first encounter to the love of Jesus Christ. Moses has had this encounter with, with God. God speaks to him, but then he also says, Oh, by the way, I've seen the oppression of my people. I want you to lead them out of, of Egypt into the promised land. And we get this, oh, who is, who is Moses? We start getting this attitude come in and it says there even, uh, you know, what's, what if? What if? How many times have you asked what if? We always ask, what, oh, what if? What if they laugh and mock? What if they point? What if? You know, I want to I want to just say this morning, God has called you into this place. Cool. Moses had an encounter with God. You've all had, I pray you've all had an encounter with God. God tells them there's an issue with the people that are in oppression. Moses has this encounter. Moses talks himself down six times. Six times. Six times. I don't mean, how many times have you made excuses? How many times have we made excuses? Oh, I'm not this. Oh, I'm too ugly. I'm too fat. I'm this or I'm that or I'm not very good. Moses is like, oh, I can't. I'm, like, blah, blah, blah. I'm not good with words. Oh, God, what, I can stutter. Moses is bringing, this, bringing all these excuses. How often do we bring excuses to God? I don't have enough time. We have the same amount of time as everyone else. But we have excuses. See, what I want us to lead, lead us to a point to this morning is that we all have an encounter with God when something happens in our heart. But then we have to get to our head. And we reason. So we've got to get from our heart to our head. But... God actually wants to get it from our heart to our head to our hand. If you go back to Exodus chapter 4, he says, what is that in your hand? What is it in your hand? Throw it down. The staff, Roy talked about this on Wednesday night. The staff was the very instrument, the very tool that Moses had in his life as a shepherd. He would use that to guide. He would use that to, uh, to lead the sheep. He would use this to do that. Isn't it amazing what Moses did with the staff? Moses did a phenomenal things with, with the staff in his hand. He, he, he split the Red Sea. He hit a rock and it gushed out with water enough to fill millions, uh, like, not, I was going to say feed, to quench the thirst of millions 
of the children of Israel. You know, he held the staff up in battle. And, and, and there's a war, and there's war being won why he held the staff up. The very thing that God has given you is the very thing that he wants you to use. The very thing that God has given you is the very thing that he wants you to do. But we've got to go from our heart encounter. We have this encounter with God. Yeah, God, I want to serve you all of my life. It's like Jesus with the rich young ruler. He's like, okay, go and sell all your riches. He couldn't get past the head because he wanted to get past the head and get to the hand. See, I wonder if the rich young ruler could have used the wisdom and the knowledge and the business smarts and the courage and the planning and the organization to, to serve the kingdom of God. But it, Jesus was saying, you've got to get rid of everything that you have made. Everything that you have made. But I still want to use your skill. I still want to use your heart. I still want to use the grace. And I still want to use the gifts that are on your life. But we're going to just start again with me and you working this together. Why? Because God gets all the glory. Amen. Now, if you're a businessman, I'm not asking you to go and sell your business and start again. What you can do is just give it to God and He will move in your heart. See, Romans chapter 12, we've heard this so many times, but it says this, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that uh, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think by changing the way you think. What do you, how do you think about yourself? Do you think you're a bit like Moses? Oh, and you've got to come up with excuse after excuse after excuse after excuse. Hey, newsflash, God's appeared to you. I went on playing Lego at home with the kids. And, and I'm looking around to create something and build something. And there's a piece. Ooh. And I pick out that piece. And I'm like, this is the perfect piece. This is the exact piece I need for what I'm building right now. And I'm going to put it in there. And it looks awesome. And it swivels and it moves. It goes up and it goes down. It's a pretty cool piece. But what if that piece is, I don't want to be part of this. <laughs> I'm not the right color for this piece of Lego. I'm not the right shape. You needed something else. That person will be better. That shape over there is way better. And, and we, the, uh, silly illustration, but what are you doing? The creator... And Savior of the world has had, there's the peace that I want right now. And that's the peace that's going to make this plan and this little thing that I'm doing over here perfect. And that's the peace that I need. So we've got to stop saying, who am I? Like Moses, ah, oh, who am I? Oh, who cares? Who is Apollos? Who is Paul? Who is this person? No, I want to say today that you're the perfect piece 
that God wants for this time. And He's called you by name. He's had an encounter with you, but we've got to let God transform and renew our thinking. Because our thinking has been dictated by the terms and the discussion of the world. You've got to be like this. You've got to be like that. You've got to be able to articulate this. You've got to, be, you've got to have knowledge. You've got to have this. I've been like, no one's ever going to line up to what the world's requirements are, but all of you can line up to what God's requirements are. All of you can. So we've got to go from our heart encounter. And we've got to get past our reasoning from the who am I? And we've got to go to what's in our hand, the very skill, the very thing that God has given us. God gave Moses the staff. Maybe we could look at some other people this morning about leading from a heart encounter uh, to our head reasoning to coming out to what's in our hand. I don't know about you, but I think Esther is an amazing woman of God in the Bible. I mean, God used supermodels. Oh, I'm just a dumb blonde bimbo. Sorry, that's nothing to any blonde people out there. Just a general term that people use sometimes. I don't know. I don't agree with it. But <laughs> safe. <laughs> but God used a supermodel. She was. She was had this beauty like none other. I mean. The king's rituals were like, for six months, she had to bathe in perfume. She would have smelled good. She, and then she had some skin purification. There was no Photoshop back then. She would have looked good as well. Supermodel. Called by God. But I'm, she could have been like, oh, I'm just, just a pretty face. I'm just this, I'm just, I'm just the skinny person, whatever. But she, there was a hard encounter for her people. Her uncle Mordecai said, hey, maybe, just maybe you've come queen for such a time as this. And there was a hard encounter for her with her people. And she had to get past this reasoning in their head. But Mordecai, you don't understand. I know I'm queen, but, you know, I can only go to the king when he calls for me. I, can, I just can't rock up to the king, you know. And uh, by the way, if you do rock up to the king and he doesn't hold out his, his scepter, uh, things go bad, real bad, like uh, end of the dead. Mordecai, are you sure you know what you're doing? She had to get over reasoning. Well, is this going to mean I've got to possibly die? So, uh, yeah, I, I would say you're allowed a day or two to reason over that one. <laughs> Maybe an hour or two. I'm not sure. But she had to get over reasoning. She had to get over what could possibly happen in her head. But isn't it amazing where she, she took the courage that was a gift on her life? She even had wisdom in her life as well because she knew how to set up the right occasions and the right meetings with the king and with Haman 
She wasn't just the first opportunity. She organized the second opportunity. And, she, and even she waited on God for God to reveal to the king to not let him sleep at night for him to bring out a book and to show that Mordecai actually showed that there was two assassins and he remembered him. And so read the book. That's awesome. But God moved in that situation. But I wonder this morning if, uh, if, if we could just get past reasoning. If we could just get past our head and let God use the courage that was in Esther and the wisdom that was in Esther and the organization skills that were in here and the planning that was in her. I wonder what about Joseph? Joseph, great guy, had encounters, you know, coming down the family line, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph had, had an encounter with God. There was history. He knew God. But what the heck is this? I'm getting betrayed by my brothers. I'm getting thrown into a well. Can we, we'll fix up the uh, camera stuff later if that's all right. Cheers. I'm getting thrown into a well. I'm doing all of this. I'm doing all of that. What's going on, God? But he's accused of rape. All this injustice, he's got to go from the heart to the head. He's got to use what's in his hand. What was in his hand, he had a relationship with God. He, 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 he knew that God could interpret dreams. He knew that he could serve God in this way. And he just kept serving God. He just kept serving God. So he went from his heart encounter to getting past the hurt and the reasoning. And we got over and he served what was in his hand. He served them. How did he serve? He interpreted dreams. And that interpretation of dreams led to him being able to save the children of Israel through a famine, through all sorts of stuff that went on in that time. He even was so wise in his planning and understanding that he held the, so much grain that he was able to sell back the grain so that people would live, not just the children of Israel, but also the Egyptians. What about David? King David, anointed by Samuel in First, uh, in first Samuel chapter 16, verse 13. It says, so as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of olive oil he had brought and anointed David with, David with the oil. And the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully uh, upon David from that day on. There was an encounter with God. There was this amazing power of the Holy Spirit came over him, but he's just out, out in the, in, in the fields and, and, and serving. And his dad sends him to the brothers at the, at the front line where Goliath was. But he had to get past reasoning as well. So I'm like, oh, he was ready to go. He was like, I'm going to come at you as the Lord of the heaven's armies. But no, there was, he had to get past Saul. Saul was like, hey, okay, David, this is good. I'm glad you've said yes today, but today we've got this shiny male. We've got this, shi or not, not male, but shiny armory. If you know armory, male armor, whatever, you know what I mean. Um, and, and I want you to put on my armor. And, and David's there. He's like, okay, cool. And then he gets up. He's like, but this is what the king's told me to do. Now, I, I understand honor, but I also understand that sometimes that stuff has said, David had to get over that. He had to get past the reasoning, oh, just use my sword. I've, he's never used a sword in his whole entire life. 
what's he used? He's used a sling and a stone. And so he had to go from the heart past the head to the hand, and he had to use what was in his hand. God used the skill of his hand to take down Goliath. Do you know what? God wants to use the skill of your hand. God wants to use the grace that is in your life. I believe this morning we've got to start stopping. We've got to stop saying, oh, who is this? Who is that? Oh, I'm not going to be missed. I'm not going to be that. No, who am I? I want to encourage you this morning. God has got a call on your life like none other. And there's only excuses and doubt of the devil that tries to hold you back. And I want you to break through. And I want you to know that God is calling you. I want you to know that he's, he's, he's seen this peace and he's like, that's the peace I want. That's the peace I need. That's the peace. What about Peter? Peter had a God encounter. He was called by Jesus. First time they met, they go fishing and they get all these, the nets are overflowing with fish. There's a miracle happens. Peter, we know Peter. Peter's a great guy because he's emotional. He's passionate. But we've got to, there's that reason again. Um, Peter's the guy who puts his foot in it all the time. Makes mistakes, says stuff. Save stuff that annoys Jesus so much he says, get behind me, Satan. Oh, God, I mess up all the time. God, I just say the wrong things in the wrong situations. Oh, I, I wouldn't be any good at that. I don't wonder how Peter felt. But Peter, great courage. He's like, you know, the, uh, the guards come to take Jesus away and Judas kisses Jesus and the guards come up and Peter's that guy. <laughs> Cuts the air off. Jesus knew who Peter was. He knew that when the Holy Spirit came upon him on the day of Pentecost that things would change. What would change is it would be this, the courage and the power of God come into his life. Nothing else changed. He was the one that was like, take this. Um, you know how before, you know how I was a little bit, a little bit like, I know I didn't know Jesus. Well, listen to this, by the way. And he stands up in Acts chapter 3 and he preaches a message that is just bam, bam, bam. Courage coming out of him, fire coming out of that passion that God knew that was in his life. Being empowered by the Holy Spirit just stands up and he's like, this is the gospel. And 3,000 people added to the church. But there was this time where it had to go from a heart encounter through the head, the reasoning, to using what's in your hand. Uh, you know, if you're an emotional person, if you're a passionate person, God's made you that way. He wants to use you that way. If you're a quiet person, if you're a methodical person, attention to detail person, God's made you that way. He wants to use you in that way. Why? Because we need every piece for the puzzle. We don't need someone standing up and going, oh, let, let's be a church that just hops around. We need everyone to know that they've been called by God. What about Paul? We're almost finished. Whoa, we're almost finished. Acts chapter 9. 
We're walking along the road. Paul, Saul gets hit by an encounter with God. And he, and he falls down. He gets blinded. He says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He says this, forgo because I have chosen you to take the message to the Gentiles. The Gentiles is everyone else but the Jews, the children of Israel. But Paul had to, or Saul, had to get over everything that he knew. He was an intelligent man. In fact, he probably knew most of the scriptures off by heart. In fact, he was required to know that to the level of who he was. And he had to get over all that reasoning. And, and, and Jesus was calling him to preach and teach. He, he knew the diligence. He knew the gift. He knew the desire of Saul to, have, to love God. See, he loved God from a religious point of view. He loved the Scriptures. He loved the law. And he loved it so much that he, his passion and the skills that were in his life was able to memorize it all. But Jesus knew who he had that skill. He's like, I'm going to choose you. And after we have an encounter, you're not going to be able to use what you know. You're going to teach what I'm going to tell you to teach. And we see that Paul was used to write two-thirds of the New Testament. But Paul had to Saul had to have this God encounter in his heart. We had to get past his reasoning and had to use what's in your hand. If you're in the medical profession, for, for one of those things, God wants to use what's in your hand. You know, use your craft, operate well, but ask the Holy Spirit to guide your hands. I've heard testimonies already of just people praying in the, in the hospital. We're believing for this. Miracles left all over the show. Will you use what's in your hand? We're going to finish now. Why don't you jump to our feet and we'll finish. We're out of time. The bacon buddies have been cooked. See, I've figured out that insecurity is is actually not a bad thing. Because I've learned now to use insecurity when I go, oh, I wonder if, what, what people are going to think about me. I use it now to go, I wonder how that person is thinking right now. I wonder what they're going through right now. Are they feeling insecure? So the Lord's showed me and I'm still learning through it to love having conversations and listen and to go man is that how you're feeling well come on let's reverse that right now let's let's know who you are in God let's know who you are in Jesus and I'm I'm not insecure but there's times where I go oh I wonder what people are going to think but I've learned now to use that in a, an appropriate way. I've learned now that it's okay to be quiet. It's okay to be a little bit 
passionate. It's okay to be exactly who I am. I've learned through Moses and different people in the Bible, like, wow, God used Moses. God used what was in his hand. Or he could use me. And he can use you. He can use the person on your left. He can use the person on your right. He can use the person behind you. Because God knows exactly who I am. God knows exactly who you are. And he wants to give you an encounter that goes from the heart. And he wants to lead you to a place where you renew your mind. What is renewing your mind? Renewing your mind is, is thinking about yourself in the way that God thinks about yourself, about you. Renewing is very similar to repenting, and repenting basically means to turn and go in the way that God would have you go. See, in, in Exodus, Exodus chapter 3, verse 14, it's, Moses replied, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel. So that was God. Moses says, well, who should I say is telling me to go? And God says, I am who I am. Say this to the people of God. See, Mo Moses is there saying, who am I? Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? Maybe you're here this morning. Who am I? I'm just a supermodel. I'm just a passionate person that puts my mouth, foot in it all the time. I'm not very articulate. I'm not this. I'm not that. But you're a piece of the puzzle. And if we were truly to repent, and if we were going this way, going, oh, who am I? But if we were to repent and to turn and go in the direction that God has, says, I am who? I am who God has chosen. It's not who am I anymore. It's I am who God has chosen.